Hello, I'm Jason Solomons and welcome to a new episode of Seen Anything Good Lately. This podcast is a recommendations show, suggesting to you what to watch and read and listen to in the company of some great and artistic types. I find out if they've seen anything good lately and get them to share their secret viewing passions with us. This is a kind of collection of essays by amazing black men writing about being black in, in um, Britain. Where she like takes her hair down in the trial where they're deciding whether or not, you know, she was raped and the whole audience goes <gasps> at how beautiful she is. It's just really strange. We're there more often than we care to think, right? Sat in front of the box tonight or setting out on a journey or going for a run. You wonder what you should listen to or watch. So give it a saggle, saggle it and let seen anything good lately be your guide. I'm Jason Solomons, your host, and my guests you heard a bit of just now are Papa Isayadu and Kelly O'Sullivan. Papa, one of the risingest stars of British acting, hot off the successes of Gangs of London and his wonderful character Kwame in I May Destroy You. And my second guest uh, has a film out in cinemas now. It's called St. Francis and she is the writer and star of it, Kelly O'Sullivan. We'll find out what they've been up to and if they've seen anything good lately. And if you want to take part, uh, itching to share your discoveries with us, just get in touch by emailing saggle at jasonsolomons.com. I'd love to hear from you. Go on, join the gang, be a saggler. Right, before we hear what my guests have been watching, I should probably share a few things that I've seen and heard lately. I found a very nicely done French film called The Girl with the Bracelet, La Fille au Bracelet, on Curzon Home Cinema, starring one of my favourite French actors, Roche Dizem, as a father who's totally baffled and scared, I suppose, by the behaviour of his teenage daughter, who is now on a murder trial. It's an elegant, chilly courtroom thriller directed by Stéphane de Moussier. Thoroughly enjoying the new album from Leanne Le Havas. Her self-titled latest is her first in five years, and she's really matured as an artist, emotionally and musically. It's reflective and soulful. It's definitely on the neo-soul tip, taking on those 90s sounds of India Irie and uh, Erica Badu, but with a real 21st century slant. And I'm reading the new book by Charlotte Philby, A Double Life, a domestic spy thriller set all around Kentish Town and Camden and Hampstead Heath with children and husbands and lovers and clammy conspiracies and murders. We'll get Charlotte on the show soon and find out if she's seen anything good lately, apart from shadows. So that's me done for the moment. Allow me now, with great pride, to introduce my first guest, Papa Isayadu has broken through and become a star in recent months. His Kwame in I May Destroy You is charming and funny, lovely and heartbreaking. His performance in The Violent Gangs of London was cool and calm amid the storm. This East Londoner has been on the rise for quite a while though, with an award-winning Hamlet for the RSC and parts in TV's Utopia and Ken Branner's Murder on the Orient Express movie. So I was delighted that he could join me on Seen Anything Good Lately. Look, the series has just come to an end. People are on tenter hooks about this show. Could could you imagine that it would be such a talking point? Yeah, it's kind of mad. I I, I suppose we're so used to, right now, um, um, like, a whole series being dropped at one at at once. So, like, you can watch, like, the whole of Ozark or the whole of Sex Education all in one. So we don't really have that kind of water cooler type thing until, like, 
Yeah, so I think it's good that this has come out kind of week by week, giving people something to talk about. Similar to the last dance, people were going mad for it, weren't they? Yeah. So, so was that Michaela's idea? Was that the producer, BBC One's idea? Whose idea was it to do it like I'm that? I'm pretty sure it was a collaboration. It was a joint joint decision between all all of all of them. Lot. I mean, I remember when I was watching it, I, I couldn't watch more than one episode at a time. I was like, it made my heart hurt. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I think you a- do. I think you need to digest each episode and say, well, what, what was that about? And then think about where it could go next. Because the thing about the series, each time, each episode, basically each episode comes and you weren't expecting it. No matter how much you try and sort of anticipate what yeah. was coming next, you never know. She surprises you each time. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. I suppose for her, it's been, it was amazing to be given the freedom to kind of like, make it up as you go along I guess but like obviously it's all very deliberate but the freedom for it not to have to be linear I think is um is really useful as artists and yeah obviously all of the episodes speak to each other but um don't necessarily progress in chronological order and I think again it's good to disrupt our expectations like that when you saw it did you see it all together did you get it you, you know you just, you had it just dropped you uh, at home like episode by episode did, when were you aware of it as a whole thing no i didn't i didn't get the whole thing at once like to be fair like loads of the first times i saw bits of it was when we do like the abr recording which is when you kind of like dub over your own vocals so i was seeing like snippets of it but yeah i got sent some early drafts maybe like a couple of months or a month before it came out um, which I was kind of like watching on my phone on a email. <laughs> it's a completely different experience watching it as it comes up live and you know people all around the country are kind of like sat in their living rooms and ready to consume it at the same time as you. There's something very magical about that. It's kind of like a curtain coming up in the yeah. Do you think that she thought of you when she was writing Kwame? Absolutely not. I know that for a fact. She told me to my face that it never even crossed her mind, which is like a real backhanded compliment or a compliment cased cuss. Like, <laughs> you know, I think I think it's amazing. I, like, I mean, I, I, I'm so in love with Parme and like feel so privileged to have been given the opportunity to realise him. But like, I do also understand why uh, it's not always um, an advantage being a, a, a mate of their show. <laughs> <laughs> and... and and you know the, the same with the character because Arabella and Kwame they have they, you know they have a sort of a powerful relationship that's really dependent and they really need each other you know they're very they're very entwined in their in their same ways. Yeah, it's really interesting. Obviously, they're codependent and they 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 kind of pride themselves on being able to be there for each other and supportive for each other, but also they kind of like properly like miss each other <laughs> quite at various points in the um in the series. Um, and their communication channels kind of like break down at various points. And obviously they're both going through such enormous things. It's quite difficult to experience some of the things that they're experiencing together. Sometimes you have to do those things alone, or at least they try to. Did you feel that you were playing someone that was, you know, a rather special person in that in that respect and that, that felt um, real? For him to feel real was like the absolute um, most important thing to me from the jump. Like... I, I was never sure about like how he would necessarily be received. I wasn't I wasn't actually particularly concerned with like people liking him, but I did want people to be able to relate to him and to recognise him. How's the journey, is right? Yeah, yeah, it was good, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, you're seeing my face up close for the first time. I'm shitting it. <laughs> oh, don't, what are you talking about? You're stunning. Oh well, you know, nerve wracking when the veil goes. 
You're gorgeous. I, I, I love your hair. Don't say that you like my hair. It's the only thing I know cannot be liked by anybody. It's awful. What? what? I have a hat in my bag. That's how much I hate my hair. You carry a hat in your bag? You're on every one of these things. Oh, yes, yeah, so how does that work? Uh, well, I sit across from you, and if I see your eyes darting up to my hair, then I excuse myself to the toilet and I come back. <laughs> like this. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'd like to do what I can to make it a pleasurable experience for both parties. A pleasurable experience? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we should drink to that. Yeah. Um, a gin tea would be amazing. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, uh, Papa, now the question I have to ask everyone on this show. Papa Isiedu, have you seen anything good lately? What have, what have you been watching? What have you seen that's good recently? Oh my god! Imagine if I said no. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what, I've seen Gangs of London and I May Destroy You. I'll start you on those, <laughs> but you can't. Uh, you, you haven't even seen them. Been over those, so I couldn't speak on that. But I was watching. I, I watched um, this like film on Netflix the other day called Disclosure, and it's about like um, the representation of trans individuals in historically in like Hollywood and on on television and like the journey from that um, in kind of like 50s, 60s type time up until now and like looking at that journey. And I found that really, I suppose, informative, but also like really inspiring. Um, and it's like a really well made film. So I definitely recommend that. Is that a doc like, or is it a doc or um, a, a it's fiction? A, yeah, it's a documentary. Yeah. yeah. Disclosure. No, I haven't seen that one. I mean, on the same thing, I don't know if you watch, did you watch Pose? Any of Pose? No, I, that, that's like on my list. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I love all both the seasons of that. Extraordinary performances mm. in there. But, you know, it kind of goes with that trans yeah. trans rights thing going on, but very gently in there. Mm. What else have you seen then? Disclosure is a great recommendation. <laughs> I've seen Disclosure. Um, what else have I watched? I watched that. Uh, have you seen Devs? Alex Garland's um, vehicle. I've got that. I've got that all, uh, what do we call it? Recorded, backed up. Like you know, it, on, on the player to, to to have a look at. I'd say that yeah, I really loved it. I thought it was like a really interesting kind of look at um, <laughs> you know, like right now, all of us are kind of like getting super introspective and like seeing ourselves and looking at us as like who's there. But it's like um, looking at like I suppose like the effect of like algorithms on like predicting our future where we're going. And did you, uh, I don't know if, you, if you've if been, so those are kind of like drama series. Have you been, are you like, do you watch old movies? Are you a kind of a, a movie fan? Have you got any particular kind of areas that you love to, every or, or uh, directors that you love? I mean, so many. Like, I love films. Like, that, I, I think that's probably one of the things that I miss most about lockdown. The cinema has been, been shut down. But yeah, I saw a film the other week. Um, I think the actor's called uh, Irfan Khan. He mm. died. Yeah, he did. I watched the, a film of his called The Lunchbox. Oh, yes. Which is a kind of like Indian French co production um, about it, it's essentially a kind of like, I wouldn't call it a rom com, but it is funny and it is like heart wrenchingly, like the, the, the relationship at the center of it is heart wrenchingly like beautiful. So, like, it's a film with elements of romance, elements of comedy. It like, is, it is. Like, astonishingly beautifully acted and directed um and yeah i've, ne- I've never seen i've I'd, 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 i haven't seen many of his films i've seen slumdog and i've seen like 
player, but I haven't seen him front and centre. And yeah, I think he's a incredible actor and a huge loss. Yeah, he is. He's a great. Uh, he was a great. Uh, you know, great stillness as well. An actor that actually interesting that you you relate to him. Actually, there's a, there's a bit of you in some well, from what I've seen of you in, in his performances as well. He started out with uh, my friend Asif Kapadia. He was in his film The Warrior long time yeah. ago as his first film and then he was in a beautiful film for Mira Naya uh, as well with, uh, before, before the lunchbox then I just was so pleased to see him in that lunchbox and that's an yeah. incredible film about city life isn't it and how the connections kind of get in there and there's a bit, a bit of luck yeah. and it's a real system you know they have those lunchbox that, that's real stuff in Mumbai you know, yeah. people send out these tiffin boxes and it's the most yeah. complicated system I think in the world apparently and very yeah. rarely does it go wrong. Dan, what about what have you been have you been reading? Have you taken much time to do reading? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've kind of I've read Red Sapiens recently. I don't know. I'm sure someone's spoken about that. They haven't it's, actually. I think one of the, one of the first people to pick that David actually. It's amazing. Again, like it's a book. So Sapiens is a book about our species and like how we went how we kind of like went from just being another homo kind of like the neanderthals or homo erectus or whatever why the sapiens race historically became the dominant um, species on this planet which is again like kind of like very prescient now because especially like with um the climate change conversation that is also underpinning everything that we're talking about but like we this like so-called amazing, all-powerful uh, species has been very quickly kind of like pinned down. Yeah, by, like, we can be brought to our like, knees pretty quickly, right? Uh, the virus that's jumped from a bat, you know. <laughs> so it's not where uh, it's it's quite interesting. I read that, and I read the book called uh, I'm reading a book called Safe by um, Derek Owusu, which is about kind of like black men reclaiming space, uh, black British men that reclaiming space, and it's it's a kind of collection of essays by amazing black men writing about being black in, in um, Britain. Mm -hmm. Do they get your, it got very many different representations of that? Do, they, do, you, do you relate to each and, each and every one of them, each one building a little narrative for you to relate to? Yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, it's not a monolithic experience. There's no such thing as, like, the archetypal black man or black woman or black anything. It's like, there, there's a whole spectrum of experience um, in every single way within us, but, like, I feel like with it, so especially like in representation in, on in art or in on, on television, like you can very quickly find ourselves reduced to or, uh, stereotypes of like being criminalized or impoverished or hypersexualized or whatever. Like it's an amazing kind of um, cross section of lots of different types of people. Yeah, because I was I read I did read Girl Woman Other, which is a, a representation of many types of black women actually by Bernadine Evaristo. Beautiful book, uh, and I love that. But uh, yeah. interesting, a male perspective would be. Yeah, I was when I was reading, I was thinking this is great to be in in, in so many women's skins in this book, but uh, it would be good to be in a in a in in the masculine version of that too. Yeah, just read it. It's called Safe. Safe, excellent. I've been loving the soundtrack to I May Destroy You. I don't know what what. What your what your jams are? What you've been listening to? I've been listening to um, who have I been listening to? I've been listening to kind of like jazz collective called Cockaroco. I, I love them. Yeah, guys on the on the um on the pod, but like they've got they they've got um a kind of EP which I think is self titled um which like immediately calms me down whenever like the, the there is something about the cadence of their music that's so relaxing and. Beautiful. Oh, they're joyous. Where did you see them? I saw them at the Roundhouse. Yes, were, I did too. They were incredible. 
are you a jazz fan is in general or i know i wouldn't i would i'm not trying to come across as any sort of like um con- connoisseur but you know like you know what you like when you hear it mm. uh, and i just love to like sit in the sunshine like drinking or whatever reading a book and listening to that it's like beautiful beautiful to speak to you papa thank you so much thank you for all your viewing recommendations and thank you so much for keeping listen keeping us the the nation entertained over these last few months (laughs) you're like bruce forsyth you know i never thought i'd get that comparison (laughs) and listen when you see michaela please send us send her a big love lots of love and 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 thank her for that for that series because uh i think you've think you guys have done some really important work with that show Thank you. I'll definitely pass that on to her. Brilliant. Papa Isiedu, thank you so much indeed. And you can and you must watch Papa Isiedu in I May Destroy You on BBC iPlayer now, while the first season of Gangs of London is on Sky Atlantic and Now TV. My next guest is Kelly O'Sullivan, who is one of the rare people who can claim to have a film actually out in the cinemas this summer. The film is called St Francis and Kelly wrote it and stars in it. It's directed by her partner Alex and it's a comedy about a 30-something, played by Kelly herself, who gains new meaning to her life when she starts nannying for a precocious six-year-old Francis. It's a film that full-on confronts bodily functions and societal taboos around women. Why did he keep calling me Joan Jett? It's a compliment. My name is Francis. You want to be Joan Jett, trust me. She was one of the great rock stars. Really angry, lots of statement eyeliner. I wonder if she's dead now. Why was she angry? because she was born into a patriarchy and it effing sucked. What's a patriarchy? It's where men are in charge and women have to do what they say. My guitar class is a patriarchy. Congratulations on the movie, Kelly. Thank you so much and thank you for having me. That's an absolute pleasure. I see from our Zoom call that you are surrounded by the detritus of your life. What's going on? It's so true. I'm drowning in boxes. So we're moving from one apartment to another in the middle of a pandemic, which I do not recommend. Well, your film, I suppose your film is about someone who acquires uh, some new baggage in her life when she wasn't looking for it, because that's what you get when you uh, when you befriend a, a precocious, uh, what's she, six? She's old, four years old. Yeah, six years old, yeah. Where did you get her from? Where did you find this this actress that you act opposite? Oh, she's amazing. So we did a search through PR Casting, which is a casting house here in Chicago. And we saw at max 30 young girls. And she was the youngest person who we saw. She was five years old when she walked into the room and just like impossibly tiny. To me, just, you know, looked like a larger version of a baby. Um, And it's kind of irresponsible. It's considered irresponsible to cast somebody so young, but she was the least coached and she was the most real and I think that shows up in her performance that she's not you know trying to pretend to be some version of a precocious child she's just a smart fun kid and she brought that to the role yeah that's what's really nice about it because we do see a lot of American movies where they're clearly you know the kid's been you know been doing Shakespeare soliloquies <laughs> since they were two <laughs> that's right yeah or Disney Channel even worse that they've been trained to be like really sassy and always mug to the camera and she just doesn't do any of that and how close is the character St. Francis I mean you you wrote the, the piece originally how how close was that tapping into your own experiences as a as a drifting 20 something 30 something <laughs> uh it's pretty close 
close. I like to say that Bridget is me in an alternate universe. I think I have my life a little bit more figured out, like maybe 20% more than Bridget does. But all of her feelings are based on real feelings that I have, which are, you know, frustration at the amount of success, quote unquote, that we're supposed to have achieved by a certain age and the way that women are forced to think about having children in a way that men aren't by a certain age. So um, I have certainly felt adrift in my life like Bridget before, and I used that to write the character. Because you're in a profession that that happens in a lot, you know, you you almost have to take control, it seems, when you're making such a, a, I know this isn't your debut, but it's, let's call it a breakthrough for you in some way. In your business, you have to kind of seize the moment yourself if no one's going to hand it to you. And that's what you've done here, isn't it? Writing and, and, and using a very close relationship to get it directed yeah that's right at a certain point you're either going to play sad mom number two forever (laughs) um, if that's the road that you're going down um, or you're gonna take the power into your own hands and and write something not necessarily for yourself but something that brings your own voice to the table so when you were writing it did you know that it was going to be you playing it was that always the idea you you were writing a part for yourself here out of frustration at not having got one or one one or auditioned for one in a way it really started with the writing the writing was the most important thing and then eventually I thought, well, we'll figure out if it should be me to play the part. Um, But it wasn't like I want to write something for myself to play. It was more just I want to write something and I want to make it feel real and authentic. And then as it became clear, we were actually going to get to make the film. Um, Since it was written in my voice, Alex, the director and my partner was like, well, duh, you should play this. Nobody else should play this. And then I always joke with him, too, that I financially was free for the film. So (laughs) so it uh, saved the film a lot of money by casting myself. Didn't it? Well, I mean, I think you do a a fabulous job and it's a really, really, uh, you know, great little part that you've written for someone. And it just happened to be you that came along and seized it. (laughs) I know. Thank God I got the part. Okay. And the whole milieu that you you set it in, is is that something that you were, is that an area you're familiar with? Because you're in Chicago right now, but you set it in the sort of Portland, Northwest area, isn't that right? It's So it's set in the suburbs of Chicago. Oh, right. Yeah, Excuse me. Set, yeah. Yeah. It's set in like wealthy suburbs on the north side of Chicago, right by Northwestern, which is where I actually went to college. Oh, it is. Okay. So you really know it. Yeah. That... I, I used to nanny up there when I was in my 20s. Oh, okay. So we're getting closer and closer to some kind of experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but it's yeah. a, it's a really it's a really fine, interesting way, isn't it? it that nanny thing because it's it's explored in movies before, but normally the nanny is some kind of I don't know hand that rocks the cradle, psychotic character, right. or, or they're a seducer like in Sex and the City with a hot nanny, for example. That's right. Yeah. The actual, when actually yeah, most cool. nannies are just much more normal much more every day, like people who you would meet and be friends with out on the street. And they happen to have this really, you know, interesting job of coming in and being a surrogate parent five times a week. And, and, and you know, the, the couple that you do it for, that adds another little interesting layer. Was that, did, did they develop or was that always how you conceived them to be a, a sort of power, lesbian power couple? I always knew that I wanted them to be a lesbian couple and that I wanted, to, wanted them to have means. I knew that this would be a film that would um, try to normalize a lot of things that have been traditionally othered. And I also knew that I wanted to centralize female voices. And so knowing that, um, I knew that I was going to build a cast of predominantly female characters who are going through issues. And for, for Maya and Annie, it's not based on their sexuality. It's based on the struggles of parenting. Is it a comedy? Do you call it a comedy? I thought it was funny. I, yeah, I 
guess so. I'll take that. I mean, if it makes people, <laughs> if it makes people laugh, I'm happy about that. It was intentionally um, lighthearted and intentionally had a sense of humor. Well, I enjoyed it very much, uh, Kelly. So congratulations on that. Um, but during this time, have you seen anything good lately, Kelly O'Sullivan? What have you been up to? What have you been watching? Yeah. So we've been watching a lot of Otto Preminger movies, specifically Anatomy of a Murder was a film that I had never seen before and that I think is just wild and fascinating. So for anyone uh, who hasn't seen it, um, just tell us briefly what, you know, what it is and who's in the dock and, and who's in it. Oh God, let's see if I can remember. So is it Peter Fonda? Who is it? I'm talking to Alex. Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Stewart. Okay, so he's like a retired uh, lawyer. Is that correct? And he gets this case somebody approaches him and says that a woman was raped and her husband killed the man who raped her. Yeah. And so then it's about the court case that comes as a result of that. And I, for me, the really fascinating part of it was the woman at the center of this case who is very sexual. She feels very sex positive to me, but uh, so much of the film is about how do we, I mean, through my lens, how do we view women who are like that in cases of rape? And, and the treatment of women in that film right. is really, really fascinating where she like takes her hair down in the trial where they're deciding whether or not, you know, she was raped and the whole audience goes <gasps> at how beautiful she is. It's just really strange. I do love um, a courtroom but, drama myself. It's one of my favorite genres, I have to say. Oh, it's so addicting. If it's done well, it can feel, it feels thrilling. It really does. What struck you about um, but, that one? Having not seen it, what, what, what were you expecting in a way from an auto Preminger? I think I was expecting it to be a little more cookie cutter, but the fact that it is so odd and that it does feel more character based, I was really surprised. By. And again, just the treatment of women, I like, couldn't really put my finger on how I felt about it. I'm still dissecting that for myself, but um the entire movie, I kept looking over at Alex and just saying, like, this is bizarre. This movie is so bizarre. Yeah, I, I remember really being to totally hooked by it the first time I saw it and uh, and the style. But you're right, because it, but it, it, it's gripping, but there's a there's a sort of, it is old fashioned, you know, it's 1959. So there's that stylization of the, of the acting, which is interesting as well. But then Jimmy Stewart's so normal. Yeah. He's such an everyman in a way, uh, but so powerful right. in that one. So you caught up with Anatomy of Murder. Good choice, actually. Might might, uh, might follow your lead and take it there. What else have you been watching? What else have you seen? In City <laughs> so Good? then we've been watching TV shows. We are obsessed with Top Chef, which is just a cooking competition show. And Alex is a phenomenal cook. So we've been watching that. And then we've been watching a TV show called Black AF. I don't know if you've seen this. Black AF. Uh, uh, yes, yes, I have. We have it here too. Yeah, exactly. Black AF. I haven't actually watched it. So what? what is Black? I keep thinking I should watch this. I like the title. I like the idea. But, but what is it? It's really just fascinating it's about this black writer and his name is Ken Barris and he created Blackish and he's this incredibly prolific writer and it's about his life basically it's um it's about his experience as a black writer and with his family who is black and you know they have this incredible success and live in Hollywood but it's about the intricacies and nuance of I think the black experience so is it is it is it a, a, a drama they've set it up in a bit or is it a documentary in some way I've, I've seen clips of it and I couldn't work out how they how they're doing it because it seems scripted yeah so it's a faux documentary mm. It's sort of like The Office or, um, right. you know, Parks and Rec, where there's a camera crew. There's a daughter who I think is applying to NYU film school. And so she's making this documentary about her family. Ah, that's, that makes sense. Now I'm seeing why. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so it's a it's a comedy and it's really funny, but it also is so smart in the way that it explores, I think, what it's like to be a very successful black writer in Hollywood. It seems to have some celebrity cameos in it. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, we just watched an episode that had Lena Waithe and uh, Issa Rae and yeah, I think and Rashida Jones plays the wife. So it's full of incredible celebrities yes definitely that great recommendation i think i might go for that one as well i've been meeting, i've been skirting around that one for a while and i don't know why because it's exactly the sort of thing i like and i and i love blackish that he did before so that's yeah. that's a good one so that's telly and top chef is he going to enter just i'd like to know if, if the director of francis is going to enter top chef we need to know i think he would love to but those chefs are the real deal they've been in the restaurant business for decades oh that's the professionals one right because we have master chef where we where amateurs take part and that's the the real big one I think Alex would love to be part of a cooking show. We'll see if we can get him to apply to one of those. He'd be fantastic. And do, have, you been, have you been listening to anything good lately, Kelly O'Sullivan, or, or reading? I have. Yeah, so I don't know if you know the Daily Podcast. It's the New York Times podcast that happens here in the States, and it's just a daily dissection of what's been going on in the news. And I always find it to be incredibly informative and incredibly depressing right now. <laughs> yeah, right now, of course. Uh, so that drops you know, it, you, just, that, that drops on your inbox every day, and you that that's your catch-up, is it? That's right, yeah. That's how I get my daily dose of reality. So So that I don't go out to bars and so that I don't, pack myself in rooms with other people. They, they <laughs> tell me every day, don't do that. And I listen. Yes. Well, they're, they're probably right. Although I, we're doing it in London very soon. So I'll let you know how it goes. And you'll, you <laughs> yeah, can... let me know. <laughs> yeah. Well, they'll be watching your film. So it's either your fault or, you know, congratulations. Uh, just be careful, people. Just be careful. <laughs> be safe. Uh, Kelly O'Sullivan, thank you so much for joining me. Lovely to hear from you. I'll leave, I'll leave yeah. you to packing your boxes and getting that move done. Uh, meanwhile, congratulations on St. Francis. I hope it does really well for you. I think it has done already, and I really enjoyed uh, watching it. And congratulations to your partner, Alex, for directing it so well, too. Yes, of course. I will let him know. I'll scream it back into the other room right now. Good job, Alex. He says, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he takes a bow. <laughs> That's Ke- right. Kelly Sullivan, thanks so much for joining me. Nice to speak to you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Have a good day. And St. Francis is out now in certain cinemas in London and around Europe, but also on many streaming platforms. And that's it for the latest Seen Anything Good Lately. I'll put up all my guests' mentions and recommendations on the website, jasonsolomons.com. And don't forget, that's where you can also get in touch to tell me if you've seen anything good lately. Just email saggle at jasonsolomons.com and you can catch all the past episodes too with guests including David Thewlis, Greta Skaki, Mark Cousins, Joe Hartley and so many more. Thanks for listening. Have you seen anything good lately? <laughs>